Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. My name is Brielle Jekyll, as always, the managing editor here, and today I am speaking with Omer Abdullah, who is the co-founder of the Smart Cube an intelligence company that helps identify risks. And he has quite a bit of experience with procurement, and we discuss the ever-growing list of risks happening in sourcing and procurement right now. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Link Podcast. I am here with Omar, who is the co-founder of the Smart Cube. I hope I got your name right. <laughs> yep. Exactly right. Well, thank you for coming on with me today. Uh, we are talking about um, procurement, sourcing and procurement, and some of the risks that go along with that, especially right now, because we've got quite a lot going on. So thank you so much for coming on with me today. Happy to be here. And uh, you picked quite a day to have this conversation, too. You want to give us a little um, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> oh, just in terms of everything that's going on geopolitically with Ukraine and Russia and all of those things. So that, that clearly is topical right now. It's on everybody's minds and particularly the far reaching impacts that that's going to have as well. Absolutely. I know this does air a little bit after we're recording, but I, as soon as we get off our our phone call, I will be on the news uh, finishing my story <laughs> about that right now. So it is sure. definitely a timely, <laughs> timely thing happening right now. Um, so can you just uh, describe to me what are some current risks that are happening uh, with sourcing and procurement in general over the last couple of years? Sure, sure. So there, there's quite a few that are at play uh, in particular you know, over the last couple of years. And um, and I think there's a host of them. Um, they range from uh, uh, geopolitical concerns that are going on. So clearly what's happened today with the Russian Ukraine is, is top of mind. And a lot of organizations, particularly those that have um, um, a supply interest, let me put it that way, or any sort of economic interest in a host of commodities, crude oil, corn, wheat, palladium, platinum, aluminum, you name it, um, are watching all of this eagerly eagerly because it plays out in where prices are, where supply levels are, and ultimately how it rolls down the supply chain, not only at tier one suppliers that they work with, but uh, further on down the chain as well. So geopolitical has clearly been a big issue that we've had to grapple with, um, not only today, but, but just over the last couple of years. Of course, the big one over the last two years has been the pandemic. Uh, there's no way to have any conversation about sourcing or procurement or frankly any aspect of the economy without talking about what's happened in terms of COVID and the pandemic itself. And so, so the big ticket issues that I think all industries, inter interestingly enough, have grappled with are issues around supply chain continuity. How do I get my product over to where I need to get it in the time that it has to get there and at the best economics? And that's clearly been a massive, massive concern. Um, uh, related to that has been this issue of supplier viability, right? So what's the health of my suppliers? All of those organizations that I work with, again, not simply at tier one, but going all the way down to tier two, tier three and beyond, um, where, where are they? 
uh, where are they and how do we manage that uh, in terms of their own viability uh, and their ability to service further up the value chain? Uh, in addition to that, add to that the, the topic of, uh, I was going to say the topic of the day. The topic of the day right now is Russia, Ukraine. But prior to this, the topic of the day or maybe uh, second topic is inflation, right? And that's a material issue. Uh, is it here to stay? Is it transitory? What's the magnitude of that impact and how is all of that going to play out? So there's some material risks that the sourcing and procurement function has to grapple with today, particularly if you're a global organization, even if you're a regional organization, and uh, because even regional organizations have global supply chains they're grappling with. Uh, heck, you've got small small businesses that have global supply chains these days. That's just the nature of the world that we're living in. So everybody's having to grapple with it. And it doesn't matter what sector you're in. It doesn't matter um, uh, where you're particularly, what, what type of product you're supplying. Uh, these are all issues that you have to grapple with. You make some great points because... This, the pandemic is obviously the number one thing we've been talking about for the last two years, but it also exposed so many gaps and, and risks that can happen. So it's not just that everyone's sick and, and protocols are in place. It's, it's all these other things that go into it. And one of the big things is globalization. 100%. So... How, how would you say that this has changed from prior two years ago? What were the original risks that we then had to pivot and, and think yeah. of something else? So, so I think prior to the pandemic, and it's a little hard to generalize, but, but let me try. Um, uh, it, prior to the pandemic, I think, you know, organizations and industries in general, had their own specific issues. I mean, they were all dealing with this aspect of globalization. They were all dealing with how to structure their supply chains optimally. Um, they were all dealing with how do I best build partnerships with my supply base, particularly my strategic suppliers. I think what the pandemic has done is, in many ways, it's acted as an accelerant, right? Um, and accelerant in in ways that are good and ways that are not so good. I mean, I think... Um, it's forced the issue of how well uh, we are looking at total cost within an organization. It has forced the issue of how good of a job are we doing being a customer of choice to our supply base. Um, and, and similarly, it has forced the issue or the question of how good of a job am I doing to be the supplier of choice to my customers? And I think all of those things have accelerated and come to a head where um, prior to the pandemic, I mean, there's this sense of business as usual. I mean, there was chaos, there was complexity. That's never gone away. But I think it's all galvanized and it's all come around. And, and this is an opportunity for procurement, by the way. Um, but, <clears throat> but essentially, this is an opportunity. What, what's happened is it's all galvanized around these issues of how do I drive continuity? How do I manage costs? How do I ensure supply and have business as usual in the wake of this, this madness where I can't go meet people, I can't interact with individuals like I normally could? So all of those aspects have come together. Um, and I'd say, you know, to me, the word is accelerant in terms of just amping up the nature of those and magnifying the issues that we're grappling with.
So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the technology that goes into kind of helping with these risks. I know that you work in sourcing and procurement technology, um, and I know it's it's a big part of the supply chain, whereas in the past it may not have been, especially in terms of sourcing and procurement. You know, Can you just give us some trends right now in technology in that area? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, and it's an amazing time uh, to be in the procurement space, uh, <clears throat> certainly from a technology and an innovation point of view. I mean, I remember, not to date myself, but I, uh, I started out in procurement back in the 90s, and it was a completely different world back then. It was a completely different environment, and it's grown, it's professionalized in a much more sophisticated way over the last three or so decades. But particularly in the last decade, there's been an incredible level of investment. I don't think we've ever had a period where so much uh, investor money has flown into procurement technology. And the innovation that's going on is actually extremely exciting. So, so it's a great time from that perspective to be in procurement. Now, in terms of risk management, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Back in the Great Recession, um, uh, uh, 10, uh, gosh, I was going to say 10 years ago. It's probably 14 years ago at this point. Um, Risk was a big topic then as well. Organizations wanted to know what they had to do about risk, but there weren't viable and cost-effective solutions to be able to tackle that, number one. Number two, so, so related to that, what's happened now is that there is a universe of options where organizations can look at risk solutions and have ways to tackle that issue in their organization. So, uh, so clearly from a technology perspective, there's many more tools and resources available. But... What I'd like to sort of point out in that, as somebody listening to this is considering how they think about risk and what kind of technology they would need, what I would say is fundamentally, what's most critical in grappling with risk? The most critical thing is to have better insight. The more insight you can have around a category, around a market, around a supplier, around a, a commodity or a product, the better the insight that you've got, the better the decisions you can make. Now. I, I want to qualify, insight is not the same thing as data. We have no shortage of data, right? In probably the next 10 minutes, I can probably find troves of data around any topic that you're looking for, but it's useless for the most part. What's more valuable is what is that data telling me? What's the insight? What's the, what's the intelligence that I need to be able to really make uh, better decisions? And so what I would say is that the technology the technologies that are driving the most value or the organizations that are driving the most value are those that integrate technology with the human expertise to drive real value. So let's use technology for the value that it delivers, which is to aggregate masses of data, to, uh, to, to, to make its way through uh, uh, large volumes of information and make sense of it at a particular level. But that doesn't get you all the way. You, you haven't got to the last mile so to speak. At that point, what you need is you need human expertise, human analysts who are able to look at that and make sense of it. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for my company? What does it mean for the question that I'm trying to answer? So the term that we like to use at the Smart Cube is AI plus HI, artificial intelligence plus human intelligence. And the point of that is quite simple. And that is you can't rely on pure tech to get you there. And you can't rely just on humans to get you there because we each have our strengths and we each have our drawbacks. But when you integrate the two together, whether it's looking at risk and having algorithms and technologies and tools that can trove through 
you know, tens of thousands of data sources and make sense of them uh, and identify flags about particular issues you're looking for, and then having an analyst layer over and make more sense of it, or whether you're looking at commodity issues, commodity intelligence, and being able to grapple with all of that. That's the core nugget that I think people need to walk away with. It's AI plus HI to drive better decision-making. That's the future, not a, you know, if I, if I just have this, then this is my solution to everything. But if I have uh, an integrated set of tools, I drive real value. I, I love that you're saying that because years ago when I was on the retail and marketing side of business to business, a lot of people were talking about data, 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 data. And then a couple years after that, it switched to, okay, we have the data and now we need to figure out how to use it. And now that I'm in the supply chain focus for the last few years, it's all about supply chain visibility and how to optimize your your everything about your your yeah. uh, operations. And I just wrote a report today about how even manufacturers are looking for visibility and innovation. And really, the pandemic is terrible and, and the crisis is, is, is awful, but we're now experiencing almost like a renaissance where 100%. people are, are innovating and it's, it's really interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the great benefits, uh, the pandemic is terrible, but if we were to look at any silver linings in there from a procurement point of view, it's that procurement, and I hate to use a cliche, but it fits, Procurement has more of a seat at the table than ever has before. Uh, there are executives, business units who are now coming to the procurement function and saying, tell me what I do. Tell me, how, how do I make changes that are going to help us meet our corporate goals, our mission of driving shareholder value? And I think that's, that's come to the fore uh, in what's happened in, in the last couple of years in particular. Absolutely. I've seen that all over the place too. I think that's one of the wildest things to me. It's it's just seeing everyone's strategies change. You're seeing executives be way more interested in really adopting the technology where before they would be too scared of the yeah. cost and whatnot. And, you know, warehousing used to be where's the cheapest and biggest. And now it's come to the forefront and sourcing as well, of course. Um, you know, yeah. everyone's trying to figure out how to get around the bullwhip effect, but also not have a, have a shortage. It's really crazy to see, but yeah. it's good. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And, and just on that point alone, I mean, look at what happened over the last couple of years. There were no shortage of organizations, suppliers, who had a constraint on capacity. Therefore, they now were forced into allocation issues. Okay, if you're my customer and you're my customer and you're my customer and you're my customer and I have X number of customers, I only have supply for X minus some fraction of those organizations. How do I make that choice? Well, the way I make that choice is I, I, I look at where am I going to get the most strategic value and where am I going to ultimately make the most profit? That doesn't mean I'm going to gouge you. That's not what the best suppliers did. But they looked at those customers that they work with and they said, which of these are my real customers, right? Which of them are my customers? Which are the partners who have stood by me and worked with me at a level where we built mutually beneficial relationships, where I gave things to them, but they gave to me too. And I think that brought that to the forefront, right? Customer of choice to me and supplier of choice are so important. We, we gave a lot of lip service to it in years past, right? 
I'm the customer of choice. Oh, I'm the supplier of choice, et cetera, et cetera. This is where we find out who really was a customer of choice or a supplier of choice. So where do you think the future lies with sourcing and procurement? I know we talked about a lot about visibility and technologies, but where do you think the whole industry is going? Hopefully as the pandemic officially ends in whenever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hopefully soon. But, uh, but I think that's a great question. I think, um, uh, so the way I sort of think about it is the future for procurement and sourcing and the procurement function overall is is a continuing ascent towards becoming far more strategic, right? And that's started over the last couple of years, as, as we've just talked about. Um, but I think that emphasis of procurement on not just unit cost, but on organizational value is going to be a critical, critical one. And what does that mean? Well, procurement has a number of customers within the organization, right? Everybody from manufacturing to distribution to marketing to um, you name any aspect of, of the organization. Procurement funnels that organization spend into that into the rest of the company. The key for procurement is how do I become a trusted advisor to those internal customers? How do I understand what their business is about? So if I'm working with finance or if I'm working with marketing or I'm working with HR or I'm buying chemicals or packaging or whatever it is, what are their goals? What are they trying to get done within the context of our corporate objectives? What are they trying to get done? What are they trying to optimize? And then how do I become well-versed in what their issues are, what they're trying to get done, and how the categories that I buy for them fit into that in an optimal way? And to something you alluded to earlier, it's not about how do I reduce the unit cost. It is about how do I improve the total cost, which might mean spending a little bit more money, actually, in the near term, but getting longer-term value from that category or that commodity. Uh, it might mean building a closer partnership, having some sort of a gain-sharing arrangement, especially if you're working with, let's say, co-manufacturers, uh, as an example. There's a whole host of, uh, of opportunities in front of procurement, but I would say the core of it is becoming more of a trusted advisor, understanding your internal customers, focusing on total cost and value, and ultimately driving value for the entire corporation. So to me, we have the saying that we use at SmartCube is our mission is simple. It's to make procurement the number one value creator in the organization. And you're not going to get there by simply reducing unit cost. You're not. The progressive organizations, the most progressive procurement organizations know that for them to move up the ranks in terms of being a value creator in the organization, they have to look at total cost. They have to look at value. And value is defined in many, many different ways. So to me, if I had to encapsulate, it's that trusted advisor term. That's where we're moving. That's where the most progressive folks are, are shifting their mindsets towards that if we do more of that, the better the, the better the future procurement has. Well, I love that. And I, and I hope we do see everyone coming together and, and focusing on these things for the future to make a stronger supply chain. Um, we are running out of time, but I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us your insight. It was really great to hear the insider you know, info about the procurement uh, sector. Not at all. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure. I appreciated talking to you. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by a food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Riel for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode. 